Welcome to Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Blockhawk Church. Over the course of the 10 weeks that we're in our Rooted series, we're going to be responding to your questions about the message from Sunday or other questions related to the topic that was covered. If you didn't get a chance to check out this past weekend's message from Michael, it was a good one. You can find that on the same podcast channel or watch online at blockhawkchurch.org. And actually... Michael is here again I'm here. today to answer your questions, as is Tiffany. You guys hey, back guys. for round two. You guys were round here two. last week. We, are. The, we had so much fun. We're they like, they just wanted Chris. us back. <laughs> we're yeah. doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. Back by popular demand. And I'm Chris, and I'll be helping to, to host today. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about a little bit about Michael's message from Sunday, talking uh, about how we are to love God and love others as we as we follow Christ. Um, so we're going to dig into a few of your questions. Thanks, as always, for sending those in. Um, we're not going to talk about ice cream this week. We could do yeah. that, but I well, mean... I actually have an update, oh, if I can. You like donuts now? Okay, well, <laughs> here, just hear me out. All right, so maybe the Holy Spirit's been doing some work. So for those of you who might not have listened to last week's podcast, I shared my heart. I bore my heart, really. You know, it was really mm-hmm. vulnerable, mm-hmm. and I shared that I'm not a donut fan. I was vulnerable. I don't know that I would admit that. So. I know. It was risky. I'm sure half the people stopped listening to the podcast there. Uh, I was waiting for the hate mail. Nothing, because everyone who listens is just so nice. Anyways, today we were at um, one of the student apartments at college campus doing uh, our college age ministry team in downtown helping with move-in. So people driving from everywhere, unloading, and um, we had Greenbush Donuts, uh, our cam in downtown bought to give to families and students. And I had one. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to have one. Everyone's eating a donut and I let everyone know I'm not a big fan of donuts. I had a Greenbush Donut and can I just be honest... It was fantastic. Yeah, right? It was really good. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say I'm fully a donut person, Mm. but I got one foot in the camp. So I just wanted to start by sharing that. You're a green bush donut person. Maybe you could say that. I'm a green bush donut Mm -hmm. person. I like how you had to put a disclaimer out there. Like, I don't usually eat donuts. I don't really do this, but I'm going to make an exception for this time. So it's pretty good. All right. Well, that's good. I don't know if you can trust people that don't like donuts. So we can can keep going with this conversation. Um, All right. Well, in a question that is unrelated to donuts, we are going to talk about a question that Rachel submitted. Thanks, Rachel. For this question. So she says this In many Bible passages, it speaks about the importance of knowing God and not just knowing about God. That's really good, Rachel. That's definitely true. Um, And she says, I think this is an important component of loving God with all my heart, but I struggle to see God as someone that I can know like I know other people. When I pray, it often feels one sided. I'm asking for help or praising or thanking God, but I often do not hear anything in response. I know that studying the Bible is an important way to know about God, but I still struggle with seeing that as a way to know God personally. So do you have any suggestions for how to pray, how to read the Bible, or other practices to move from knowing about God to knowing Him? How can we know a God who is normally invisible to our senses? Really good questions, Rachel. I think something that we all... um, do wrestle with or have at times in our lives. So yeah, let's try to take a stab at that. Which one of you guys wants to go first? 
I kind of want to default to the pastor of spiritual formation, <laughs> pastor right. of spiritual yeah. formation, Tiffany. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of great questions yeah. there. Yeah. And so it's hard yeah, to know which ones to really start with. But um, You don't have to start, but. No, I, I mean, I can fun. take a little stab at it and, you know, Michael jump in. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think it is a really great question. And I, you know, I was really, when I read the question, I was thankful for Rachel's honesty, because mm-hmm. I think that there's a point where you can ask that question pretty easily, maybe as a younger Christian, but then as you grow and maybe more mature or, you know, you're a Christian for a longer time, I think that question becomes harder to ask um, because it it kind of admits that like, hey, maybe, well, maybe it's vulnerable. Maybe I don't quite know about this, or maybe this season is hard, you know, as I think about I think reflecting on, I'm sure we all can reflect on our own lives, that there's seasons when you feel close to God. I was trying to think about when that would be like, when I was a new Christian, I felt like I knew God. Mm. I felt like I could hear his voice. And, or maybe when times of going through really deep struggles, like I felt like, oh, I'm, I can hear God. I, I can understand where, you know, where he's at and how he's moving. But there's been long seasons when I just kind of do what I've always done and, Maybe I don't really feel like I know God's voice or heartbeat in that season. And so I just want to say first, like, thanks for being really vulnerable mm-hmm. and honest. It's an important question because I think when we ask that question, it, it's pointing to something that God's inviting us to work on. Yeah, that's good. My mind goes in a couple different directions, and I don't know which direction to talk about or which one might be the most important to, but I guess I'll talk about the one that is just at the front of my mind. I, man, whenever I hear questions like this, I always go to the wilderness um, stories in the Bible and the Israelites, Jesus. I mean, typically there's this period before something big and good happens. There's this waiting in this wilderness, this desolate place um, that doesn't sound fun, <laughs> but there's something to it that in that time, um, people are perhaps, um, ha- they have the invitation to grow, invitation to um, to stick it out, to wait it out, to to kind of keep the faith even when it just could be difficult. And I, I remember uh, when I was in college, so before I went to college, I just, kind of what you were saying, Tiffany, really experienced God in some dynamic ways where I just felt like, man, whenever I talk to you, I feel like you're listening. And I would sound like a crazy person trying to explain this to my family or someone else, you know. Um, But uh, it was just, it was pretty radical and awesome. But then I went to college, nothing. And it felt like God didn't even exist in comparison to um, the time before college. And at that time, I was just reading different stories of the Bible and wilderness kept coming up. Uh, And the reality that Jesus, he was baptized um, the Holy Spirit descended on him. God spoke uh, and said, this is my son. I'm well pleased. And then what happens? The next sentence, Jesus goes into wilderness. And um, yeah, I just think there's something about preparation that happens in our hearts that, um, yeah, that we that our relationship with God can be something where when we don't feel him or experience him, um, the knowing that he's still there is is pretty significant. Um, 
good. Yeah, I think the idea of different seasons, like that God takes us through different seasons that I think sometimes we think as we do with American culture in general is that everything good is up and to the right, but actually that's like just not how God works. Mm. I know we want him to do that, but that's not how it works. And so if we were to like chart our spiritual formation, it probably just looks like a lot of squiggles up and down and around and backwards and forwards. Yeah. And um, I had re- listened to... Um, another uh, pastor recently who was talking about how um, spiritual health and spiritual growth is not a destination, but it is like a condition in the way that like, so say we went to um, the doctor with a cold and, you know, they would never say, but you had a cold nine months ago. Like I cured you. Like, why are you, how dare you get a cold again? (laughs) It's like, no, like we just go. And that our spiritual health is the same way where we just go through seasons that are kind of, um, drier than others or more rich than others and I think you know for me and I'd be curious even Chris and Michael what you guys have experienced but um, I think there's been different seasons that different things have helped me to connect with God in different ways Mm. or there's been seasons when you know like reading scripture and journaling have been so good and then there's been seasons when honestly I've kind of put it down and maybe it's more like you know, I'm using the Lectio 365 app because that's, yeah. you know, what mm-hmm. really is helping me to connect to God and hear God. Or or maybe I'm doing the daily examine, which is just a set of questions where you're walking through, okay, let me think carefully through my day. God, what am I thankful for? How did I see you at work? Like, help me to walk through that and show me where you are at when I didn't recognize you during that day. And, and I think training our ear to hear God's voice really helps us, our hearts, to connect with Him. Um some people love to go out in nature. I don't. <laughs> Maybe sometimes. I always say I'm indoorsy. So I love God most when I'm inside a climate-controlled room oh <laughs> with a very flood, no bugs and all that stuff. But but some of the people that write, they, they connect with God through... Yeah. Uh, through outdoors. So, um, so Rachel, I think that, you know, reading the Bible and praying is great. Um, there might be, maybe there's a season that God's inviting you to try something different. Yeah, even in this past season with COVID, it probably started a little bit before that, but I was um, or have been in a season of just trying to learn different tools and practices than the tradition that I grew up gave me, which was a lot about, well, read your Bible every morning, say a few prayers, and you know that, that was kind of it. But learning things like um, the daily examine or contemplative prayer or just even how to do silence and solitude, I know that that sounds weird. Like I actually took... Um, this online course at the beginning of COVID um, just to try to deal with some of like the stress and the anxiety that I was feeling to to press into some different kinds of prayer than I had um, grown up with or experienced before. So I took a course on silence and solitude mm-hmm. and contemplative mm-hmm. prayer and literally had to like watch this guy teach me how to do <laughs> solitude well, yeah. which yeah. sounds ridiculous. But um, so yeah, I, I hit a wall with the things that had previously worked mm-hmm. and needed to learn different things that were um, were life-saving. I th- mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but were really helpful mm-hmm. in, in COVID especially. And so we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I think we could, we could give you specific ideas and tools. There's a lot of things out there um, that if we kind of expand our horizons a little bit, there's things that we can learn about. But it's uh, the overarching thing that I would say is um, that we have to kind of cultivate how to be aware of God's presence and, and learn to experience him for whatever reason he doesn't choose to at least in the way that i would usually want him to like make himself as readily available to us or experiential um as i would like and so 
A lot of like the people that I think of like, man, that person knows Jesus and loves him um, so well. They're older people that have learned this over a lifetime. Um, someone like Eugene Peterson has a ton of great books. He has a book called Along Obedience in the mm-hmm. Same Direction. The title of that alone is is worth the price of the book that um, that man knew God. He knew Jesus, but in a lot of ways, his life was along obedience in the same direction. Um, and I have other people in my life too, that, um, even in addition to mentors and practices and, or in addition to practices and things like that, if you see someone that's like, I want my relationship with God to look like that, or I want to pray in the way that that person does, or I want to know God in the way that that person does, ask them just to sit down for a cup of coffee or to mentor yeah. you. I've learned the most about um, growing in intimacy with God just from, yeah, kind of learning from people like that, that I've really loved and respected and, and just being able to pick their brains about things. Yep. Anything else you guys would um, add before we wrap up that one? I just think two, two quick things. Um, such a great question, Rachel, or questions uh, embedded in, in this. Um, for me, it was really great, Chris, um, just what you said. And just to add to that, often I'll find myself um, going to God with just a lot of questions and um, asking things of him. And then I'll remember that, um, that I'm invited into a relationship with Jesus. And a lot of the relationships that I have, I mean, yeah, there's moments where I'll ask someone a question or ask something from them, but really kind of the best and deepest relationships that I have are people that I can just be with Mm -hmm. where I don't need to even talk where we can just be in the same presence, uh, be in the presence of each other. And I think we're invited to, um, to live with God like that. I think some of the deepest, uh, times that I have with God, they're when I'm just listening um, or when I'm just walking, knowing that he's with me. I don't feel that he's with me, but I trust that he is. And there's just something powerful with that, that um, I can just bring me and that there's not a different or there's not something that needs to be prescribed or, um, you know, a, a like a way to meet with God, I can just be with him as I am. So I think that's good. And the second thing that I think of, I mean, I think this, this struggle that we are um, all talking about is the struggle of uh, how can I connect with God? But theologically speaking, I mean, we think about the Garden of Eden, humanity was physically with God. Um, they were able to speak with God, but then humanity chose sin. And there's this real separation that happened. And with Jesus, um, Jesus came and he died and rose again, and he restored our relationship with him. But we are in an area or a period that a lot of biblical scholars call the here but not yet, after Jesus' death and resurrection, but before the second resurrection, when Jesus will come back. So we're living in this tension that we're all kind of managing where there will be times where through the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit came really when Jesus Jesus ascended. Um, so we, we get these moments where uh, we just feel this intimacy with the Holy Spirit, feel this intimacy with God, but then we also don't because we're managing the here but not yet tension. Yeah. So it's totally normal to have questions like this. Where is God's presence? Is he with me? How can I fully know who he is? Sure. That's just that's the time that we are living in right now. Yeah, that's good, Michael. 
All right, let's turn a corner a little bit. Um, in this Rooted series, we've been going through uh, the statement of faith from our denomination. Um, so let me just read part of the article. I won't read the whole thing, but that this past message was based on. I'm going to jump in about midway through. It says, God commands us to love him supremely and others sacrificially and to live out our faith with care for one another, compassion toward the poor, and justice for the oppressed. Um, so I'm curious if, uh, yeah, if you guys could even just talk for a minute in your own lives, um, Michael and Tiffany, about how God has shaped you in, in some of these areas related to caring for one another, having compassion toward the poor, and justice for the oppressed. Um, as you guys have grown in relationship with God and grown to love him more, uh, how has he also shaped you in some of these areas as pertains to, to loving others? Yeah, I I feel really grateful. I think when I think about my experience and and just kind of the journey that God has had me on, and I think um, my care, like my desire to care for the poor and the oppressed, um, part of it comes from just life experiences, both that I've experienced personally, mm -hmm. and then also friendships that I've had with um, different people. I think about, um, I remember when Jake and I were first married, like we, I think Chris, you and I were just talking about this morning, like we were poor, like we didn't have any money <laughs> and we had kids really quickly. And so I just remember being like understanding, like I come from a very comfortable home mm -hmm. and I experienced life in a different way. I experienced myself in a different way. Um, so there is times, right? Like we're students and we're trying to figure it out and mm -hmm. you just feel like, oh, oh, I see how society talks about people like me. Mm -hmm. Like, I think for me, I could say, oh, well, we're just getting an education. Like, we'll eventually not be in this space. And But there was still this like, ah, uh, okay, I, I I get how hurtful it can be. And I, I, I've experienced, I'm, I'm experiencing living, not in poverty, but like not with wealth and so close to poverty. And so I just feel like that shapes you. And you, you begin to see people in a different way that, oh, they're human beings and mm -hmm. they have hopes and dreams and they might be in a life stage that I have no idea how they got there or why they're there, but um, it doesn't mean that they're bad or that they just disobeyed. Um, and so I think that kind of that stream has been really um, influential in my life, but also just different experiences of living in different, my husband and I, we've lived in a lot of different places, mm -hmm. um, both overseas and here in the States. And um, you, you just get to know people, right? You live in apartment buildings and there's people from all stages of life and all socioeconomic statuses and, and you begin to hear stories and they eat at your table and they're generous with you and you're generous with them. Your kids play together and um, you begin to see that there's not, there's not that many differences, um, but it's really easy um, to be like us and them, whatever mm -hmm. the us and them might be. And so... Um, I think I wanted to be loved and cared for, and I wanted people to love and care for my neighbors. And um, so I think that has um, really shaped how I live my life uh, today. Mm, yeah, thanks, Tiffany. Yeah. I mean, kind of similar uh, to what 
some of the things that you were saying, Tiffany, I know for our family, we grew up north of Seattle and my dad worked at Boeing. And uh, for those of, of you listening who knows Boeing's kind of history, they would go on strike a lot. And we, there was three kids in my family. We, uh, and then we we're foster kids to um, a lot of my cousins. So we had seven kids. I mean, you think you have a lot of kids. Oh I my think gosh, it was like I know. Eight, I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> from like diapers to oh. seven years old. Oh I think there gosh. was seven of us living in the house uh, together. But my dad would go on strike and um we there were seasons where we would uh live off of food stamps and stuff like that so i think you know the reality both of us kind of expressed yeah. we've experienced what it looks like to not really have a lot but mm -hmm. to be thankful for what you have and mm -hmm. when you do kind of get on the other end of it you're just really grateful but you know that you're the same person yeah. um you have the same dignity in yeah. you as before. So I think that that's super helpful. And, um, if people haven't really had that experience, I think honestly serving really, really helps. And I know I'm just kind of repeating in different ways, different things that you talked about, Tiffany, but, um, serving really does help, um, open, open your eye up to your eyes up to like, okay, um, what does it look like for people who either have less or different experiences? And this is just what life has given them. Mm -hmm. But, and the reality is we are all created equally in God. I talked a lot about this yesterday. So I think just, you know, understanding that humans are humans, mm -hmm. we are equal and we are the ones that create kind of walls, yeah. um, out of, you know, different ways to protect each other or whatever. So, and I think something for me, I was able to uh, be a mission director at a church in California for a couple of years. And we worked with, uh, our team worked with local uh, partners and global partners. And uh, our local partners uh, specifically, we would just have different relationships with different soup kitchens, homeless shelters, so on and so forth. And if you kind of show up enough, um, you really can, like I experienced growing so much just by people who attended the um, soup kitchens. Like if you're open to people really impacting you for the mm -hmm. better, just be open to meeting a ton of different people. I've grown in so many different ways just from relationships with people experiencing homelessness or people who don't have food. The reality is, again, like I said in my talk, we are all created in God's image equally. Mm -hmm. And when we see... And when we see through those lenses, like it could really, really be powerful for us. So, so cool. There's a um, Instagram Instagram person that I follow. Um, she's an author. Her name's Shannon Martin. Hmm. Um, she, I've, I've slowly, I think, influenced other people to follow her because honestly, um, I think it's like the voices that I listen to, that we listen to, matter too. Mm -hmm. Just the daily, mm -hmm. like, who are we following on on Instagram? Who, who's whose voices are we, what books are we reading? What, um, who's in our life? What news stations are we listening to and how are those affecting how we see like the other, like I said, whoever the other is for you. Um, there's, so I just really recommend Shannon Martin. She, um, her quick, her story, uh, she used to work her and her husband in government and as governments do, there was some kind of like flipped, you know, of like, Oh, you know, administration. And so they like got let go, but they had lived in it. Like they had their dream house. They were just like doing what they dreamed of doing, but they ended up selling that moving, um, 
he's a he's a chaplain for a local jail and she um you know is an author and a speaker and um they moved to the other side of the track quote unquote is what she would say um and just made a made a life there and uh it's just amazing when like the immigrant um is your next door neighbor mm-hmm. or the person who just got out of jail moves in down the street and that's like who you do life with it's your Mm -hmm. church it's the people in your small group it's the people that are around your dinner table it's the people who when you're sick they're caring for you Mm -hmm. and i think that sometimes like the places that we live in or the people we surround ourselves can really insulate ourselves from um, different groups of people for experiencing god's goodness and love through people that may look different than us and so she's just the person i follow because i think it reminds me daily um to continue to to make choices that put me in places with people who are different from me. So yeah. uh, I don't know who that, if that is, you know, who, who you, if that's something that, I don't know, that, that you guys follow different people or the voice yeah. that you guys, um, if you have any recommendations. Yeah, that's a good word though. Like what we feed ourselves and what we take in really does matter, even as pertains to how we love people. Like I, I remember um, probably four or five years ago now, just coming to the realization that whatever cable news you, as you're listening mm-hmm. that you take in, for me, what I was watching was not causing me to love God and love people more. Yep. It was mm-hmm. causing fear or anxiety or sometimes div- divisiveness and yep. all that kind of stuff. So is what you're feeding yourself, whether it's news or social media or what you're reading, is it helping you to love God and to love people more um and then maybe that affects what you do take in and and what you don't take in but even in my own life i've had similar experiences life experiences but i think even as i've i've sat in scripture too Mm -hmm. right like um when you see the heart of god who cares for the orphan and the oppressed like i've grown in my own life to have my heart more more aligned with his um when, when when we sit and we read this book that is written to an oppressed group of people yeah. by an oppressed yeah. group of people. It's like, how, how am I not formed and shaped mm-hmm. by this? So in everything that we do, whether it's listening to podcasts or studying theology or doing groups together or all of these different things, um, the point is that it's supposed to help us love God and love others yep. more. And if it's not doing that, it's not serving you and, and, and the purpose that God has created us for. So, um, so yeah, as we, as we sit in relationship with God and as we soak in scripture and all those kinds of things too, hopefully that's moving us to, yeah. to, to grow in love for the people around us. All right. Final question, you guys. Um, we work in a church, uh, so we'll, obviously we will throw that out there. Maybe it feels like we're cheating when we answer this question. Mm-hmm. Um, but the end of the statement of faith talks about how, uh, in obedience to Christ's commission, we are to make disciples among all people, always bearing witness to the gospel in word and deed. So for the three of us recording this right now, it's literally our job to help make <laughs> disciples, to be a part of a church that does that. Um, but what does that look like for you guys in different seasons of life, or maybe that hasn't been the case, or what could it look like for the majority of our congregation, um, to go about making disciples in their own lives? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I think, uh, first of all, I think about the word disciple. Uh, it's typically not a word that we use often unless we're at church or in a life group studying the Bible. I think it's, it's a very biblical word. I think the closest, uh, word that we would use today that relates as student. Um, and so 
so I, I wonder if that context really is applicable to just the different relationships that we have outside of perhaps a mentoring role. Um, Tiffany, you talked about earlier uh, about, you know, mentoring someone. I forgot the context, but you, you use the word. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. but, um, you know, so with that, I, I wonder if there can be a shift in what it looks like for discipling nowadays. And my thought is just through relationships. Um, I think there's like, there can be a mutual, um, mutual uh, faith building relationship that you can have with someone. I think of some of my best friends here in Madison will like throw a Frisbee, play catch and just talk about our lives and talk about Jesus and how we're doing and just encourage each other on. And I think in that we're, we're mutually kind of growing each other closer to God, but there's also relationships that I'll have. I mean, you know, I work at a church, so I'm kind of mm -hmm. cheating right now, but as a college age pastor with different college students and college age people, I'll go to coffee and there's just real questions about like, what does it look like in this situation for me to choose God or whatever, you know, yeah. discussion. So I think that's, that could be more of a formal, um, uh, formal relationship. But I think again, relationships key. Um, and I think every relationship's different. And I think, uh, the asking yourself the question, what does it look like to, to both of us move towards God? And you'll, you'll definitely be in relationships where you'll quickly learn, man, this person, <laughs> They, they kind of are, are pretty wise in a couple areas. I need to really learn from them. Or you might be on the other uh, end of that. Like, man, this person's coming to me and they have some questions. Uh, Jesus, help me navigate this and help me answer it right. So I think just having the understanding, okay, what relationships are around me? What does it look like for both of us to point towards God? And what role am I to play in that? I think mm. it'd be helpful. Yeah, yeah. so good. I remember when I was a college student, I had never heard of like discipleship or mentorship or that wasn't really in my vocabulary. Um, and so I remember college ministry, there's a woman who worked uh, as a, you know, our campus minister or whatever. Um, and she would meet with women from time to time. And so I remember, you know, kind of getting to the place where I was like, hey, I'd love, you know, you're way many steps ahead of me in life. I'd love to get to know you and to to be discipled by you. Disciples is what we would use. Um and I remember her sitting down and saying, like, you know, just getting to know each other a little bit and her saying, I'd love to, but before I do it, I'm not going to agree to it yet because if I pour my life into you, like, here's here's the bigger strategy that I'm working with and kind of wrote out, like, if you pour into somebody else and somebody else pours into somebody else, like, just the incredible mm -hmm. impact mm -hmm. um, that you would make. And so she said, if I do this, you have to promise that you will always be making disciples, that wow. that is your life, like that's something you're going to give your life to. Wow. And she said, if you don't want to, that is okay. Like that's, but it's just, you know, that's kind of the people I'm investing in. So took it seriously. I mean, that's something I thought about for a while. And so really like, even though I work at a church, I, I feel like my quote unquote making disciples, like my commitment is totally outside of that identity. It's mm -hmm. more of um, just kind of commitment I've made as I look at scripture, the New Testament especially, and kind of the pattern of go and make disciples, baptizing and making, you know. Um, and so for me, that's looked really different. It's looked like, yeah, like you said, Michael, who's in my life and mm -hmm. how can I move towards them? And um, who's in my life that's older than me? And maybe in the next phase of life, I remember before I became a mom, I loved being around this woman who had four kids. And so I, a lot of discipleship, quote unquote, was in the car, taking her kids to soccer and to school and making dinner and um, just seeing how she lived her life and what it looked mm. like to do that. And 
um, or whether, whether it's, you know, I was in college and I was looking to somebody who's post-college, how do they navigate that post-college experience? How do they navigate getting a job and, and, and learning what it looks like to not get your identity wrapped up in, in what you do, but it's who you are. And, and so I think even now, right, that's something that I kind of constantly am asking myself, who, who's pouring into me intentionally? Who's in this next phase of life? Like you said, Chris, who's walking with Jesus well? And I'm going to ask them some questions, but then also like, okay, who, who's, who has God put in my life that I can pour my life into and be really intentional about that? And um, I don't know if that looks different with men and women. It's, with women, I feel like it's a pretty easy conversation. It, it happens pretty naturally. And, um, but I'm not sure if, yeah, if men, if that experience is the same way. <laughs> Chris or, uh, hey, man, so uh, <laughs> do you want to go get ice cream or <laughs> Bar- you know ice I cream would. isn't manly enough, I guess. Bar- oh, it's I don't know. manly Bar- for me. Beer, good beer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had me at ice cream, Chris. Ice cream, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, we all have relationships and neighbors and coworkers, right, that we can, can be pouring into and building into. I remember um, there was an Easter. Before uh, I joined staff here at Blockhawk, I was a part of a big church in Denver, and we had just finished Easter services did like something ridiculous, like nine in a weekend, and there was a huge snowstorm. It snows a lot in in April, <laughs> even in in Denver. And I like I helped to shovel a, a neighbor's driveway, and then there were just some neighbors just kind of catching up and talking in in someone's kind of front yard afterward. And I remember just like having this not a realization, but just kind of this question in the back of my mind, like what I, what we do at church is significant. Absolutely. What, what, what we do at at those Easter services was significant, all that kind of stuff. But I I remember thinking like, I wonder if the most significant thing that I did this weekend wasn't Mm -hmm. to serve inside the walls of a church, but was Mm -hmm. actually just to love my neighbors Mm -hmm. and to serve them Mm -hmm. and to be a part of their lives. I think God was equally at work Mm -hmm. in that as he was in the Easter services and everything that we did that weekend. So Man, you guys, you can have a huge impact wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Um, it doesn't have to be a formal Bible study or, or inside mm-hmm. the walls of these churches. You guys yeah. have opportunities to reach people that we will never reach, that will yeah. never come inside of, of a church. So um, way to go as you take take steps of faith to do mm-hmm. that. Any closing words, you guys? Two things. One, when it snows, Chris, you can shovel my sidewalk <laughs> any day and just, it'll be work unto the Lord, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but I think the last thing that I'll say on this um, is having, courage seems like too big of a word, but I'm still going to use it. Having the courage to bring up um conversations that have to deal with faith. I remember uh, this summer I went camping with two really good good buddies. We're all, you know, we're all Christians. And after the camping trip, well, we were on the, not after the camping trip, the last day of the camping trip, we went on a long hike and we were just kind of talking about life. And I just thought we haven't, like we're all Christians. We haven't talked about Jesus, our faith this whole weekend, which is fine, but but, and then I'm like, well, do I, I kind of want to, I kind of want to see how they're doing, where they're at. And I mean, I'm a pastor and it still felt kind of awkward to, Hey guys, how's your walk with God going? (laughs) You know, it it seems cheesy. And I think there's a way to tactfully bring up, um, bring up conversations that have to deal with faith. But, but I just decided like, you know, I'm just going to go there. And so I brought it up like, Hey, I said, Hey guys, what, you know, I would love to talk about God for a second if you guys are open to it. Like, and I'm just wondering what's one thing that God's teaching you? And they were so ready to talk about it. They're like, oh my goodness, thanks for asking. And we talked for a long time about what God's teaching us and challenges. So I think that 
it's awesome to to just kind of shoot the breeze and talk about whatever. But I think that just to have the courage, again, I don't think that's the best word to use, but I'm using it um, to to bring up some things in a mm. way where you're just curious. And I think conversations like that help move us more towards mm. God. And and you know, it might not seem like this like formal discipleship relationship, but we are, you know, um, helping each other move more towards God when we have these type of conversations. So, yeah. And I can't help but say that is why people should join a group of Blackhawk <laughs> if you don't have those people in your yeah. life. I mean, like I said on Sunday, it really is our hope that every single person would have connection with other Christ followers who you're sharing life with, whatever that looks like for you. And it, honestly, it doesn't even have to be a Blackhawk group that you're joining, but just mm-hmm. getting some neighbors together. Who do you already know that follows Jesus and making intentional space? Like you said, Michael, like it's it's great. I mean, it's fantastic. There's so many things to talk about, you know, yeah. outside of our relationship with God. But it's when you have that regular kind of checkpoint during the week mm-hmm. that it really helps you tune your ear to yep. what God's doing in your life. Because weeks and months can go by and it's easy to kind of get caught up in that and not really think about um, about how you're doing and about how other people are doing, you know, as it comes to some of these deeper things. And so, so if you're not in a group, if you don't if you don't know people, a group is a great way to get to know some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know people who you love and who you care about, just encourage people to be intentional about that. And as the non-life group staffer right now <laughs> talking, I have had seasons where I have not been in life groups more of the seasons that I've lived, I have been in a life group. And man, let me tell you, it's awesome having, I mean, it's called life group, I think for a reason. A lot of big life situations that come up, people in my life group show up um, and we show up for each other, baby or moving, you know, these are the people that are the first to say, hey, how can I help? Mm -hmm. Um, And in that you've created a relationship where we all do talk about things about of mm-hmm. the faith. And so I just, again, as the non-paid life group person here, <laughs> I just want to say, uh, if you have any questions, ask the questions. Life groups are well worth it. Well, if you've made it this far, thanks so much for... <laughs> of course for, they all did, Chris. Know, right? Everyone still stayed. They're just hanging on our every word. Um, no, thanks so much for, for listening to these. Uh, I think you'll really want to tune in over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Adam, um, our pastor of Blackhawk Downtown, is going to be talking about eternity and heaven and hell this next uh, this next weekend. So I'm sure there will be some good questions related to that. And then the following me- week, uh, Pastor Matt will wrap up our series talking about the return of Christ. So we'll get some good questions for that as well. So definitely check out those messages, submit your questions um, for that. I think we'll have a lot to talk about with those two weeks, but thanks for tuning in to this rooted question and response episode on the podcast. Um, So as always, join us for worship online or in person on Sunday, and then we'll see you back here on Wednesday to respond to another round of questions. Have a great week.